Good morning. It is good to see you on this Senior Recognition Sunday. Our Coffee Kids and Life Sunday School class will resume on June 5th. Boxes were packed for the summer food distribution to Thornton and Wonky schools uh, during the Sunday School hour today, so thank you for everyone that helped out. This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. And you can find that on page 983 in your pew Bible. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You hear me say, I'm going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. The word of God for the people of God. Will you please pray with me? Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and to give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Help us to always know that you are with us. Guide us that we may seek you in spirit and in truth. Teach us to be holy, for you are holy. Remind us often that we serve you alone and not others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we invite the kiddos forward, I'd like to invite all rising sixth graders to join us for our anchored music ministry on Tuesday nights. We have one more performance coming up before we take a break for the summer, and we would love to have other kiddos join. I should say students. I'm sorry. That's a word I use all the time, right? Other students join us to be a part of the ministry and to uh, work on their music skills, work on their performance skills, or just come and hang out and have a good time. So it's Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30 right here in the sanctuary to get more students into it. We would love to just have a growth happen here because it's a beautiful ministry to see new musicians coming into the life of the church. Also, I know they've been making announcements for it uh, every Sunday, but our Coffee Kids in Life class is starting back up. If you don't remember what that class was, if you haven't heard of it before, it's because it's been on break for three years. I think we stopped before COVID even. But it's a class geared towards adult, uh, uh, parents of children of any age and uh, what parenting is and what, how your faith plays into that and all those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, those are the three essentials when you're raising kids, right? Coffee, kids, and life and how you go through that. And uh, they do have coffee in the class, and it's just a great, a great time to share that parenting info back and forth and uh, 
I never vented once in that class, ever. But uh, you could do that if you needed to about things you're facing and struggling. And so we would love to have anybody who's interested in that join us on June 5th in, um, I was going to call it the Coffee Kids in Life Classroom, but that's not helpful. I believe it's also called E304, um, or Follow the Noise, because it's right next to the kids' classroom <laughs> during the Sunday school hour. With that, we'll invite the kiddos forward for the children's sermon. Hello. Can we give Miss Jessie some elbow room here? I'm a butterfly that needs to spread her wings. No? No? Okay. I'll be squished. I'm still in my cocoon, aren't I? So, so do you guys, do you guys ever watch TV? Yes. Yes. What are some of the, every day, I bet, what are some of the friends on the TV shows that you watch? Do you guys watch any TV shows that have friends on them? SpongeBob. SpongeBob and Patrick. Elsa and Anna from Frozen. Yeah, what else? Does anybody, has anybody ever seen The Lion King? Yeah, yeah. yeah. what about, what about like Timon and Pumbaa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like best friends, right? Simba and Nala? Yeah, sort of. Um, what about, ooh, what about Toy Story? Do you guys remember uh, Buzz and Woody from Toy Story? They had a pretty catchy song, too, that went along with theirs. But we see all sorts of examples. It freaks you out. Okay. So we have lots of examples when we watch TV of friendships, right? Of how those friends support each other, right? I talked in first service about how Scooby-Doo was my favorite show as a kid. And I love to see Scooby-Doo and Shaggy together and how they were, they were best buds, right? They were never separate. Do you guys watch Scooby-Doo? Yeah. I know they've remade it, so I know it's still on the air. They give each other courage, right? They're both big scaredy cats, and they're always afraid to do stuff, but they give each other courage and help each other be brave when they need to. Friends do all sorts of things for us. They lift us up, and they encourage us. They uh, help us grow and learn things. They help us try new things, right? They are a big part of our lives. I don't think any of us were ever meant to walk through life without friends. In fact, when Jesus was getting ready to go up into heaven, he actually promised that he was going to send a friend down to us. Did you guys know that? Did you know he was sending a, a best friend to you? It's called the Holy Spirit. That's right. This best friend has a name, um, has many names. We usually refer to this friend as the Holy Spirit. And it's not necessarily a what, but more of a who. Who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to talk about that in Spark Worship. But the Holy Spirit is with us every single day. The Holy Spirit walks with us. They hang out with us. The Holy Spirit's inside our hearts, right? Just like a best friend is with you through all sorts of things, the Holy Spirit will face things with you. And when we're talking about our Christian walk, when we're talking about following Jesus, the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit even prays for us. Can you believe that? When we are upset, when we're lost, when we're scared, and we don't have the words to talk to God, have you ever felt that way? You've just, been, you've just been overwhelmed, and you're just done, and you don't even have the words to form a prayer. In those moments, the Holy Spirit tells God exactly what's going on. The Holy Spirit prays on your behalf, just like a friend should, right? Our friends encourage us and build us up. They take care of us, and they comfort us. The Holy Spirit does the same things in our lives. We're going to talk about the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings to us. We're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit is an active part of our life. And as we go out of this place, I want you to think about that voice that you might have inside of your head, 
Do you guys ever have a voice inside your head talking to you? It might sound like your own voice. I know mine sounds just like my voice. Right? Yeah? You have a running dialogue in your head? I win every argument I have in my head. Anybody else? Yep, every argument. But that voice that's inside your head, that voice that's talking to you constantly, telling you the right choice to make, telling you when to be calm, when to be still, when to listen, that voice inside your head, what we might call a conscience, that would be the Holy Spirit talking to you. So the Holy Spirit is active and real, and it's a part of your life every day. And I want you guys to think about that as we go out into spark worship. But first, we're going to pray. Will you all bow your heads and pray with me? Let's sit up, bow our heads, fold our hands, and close our eyes, and say, Dear God, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts and brings us your comfort. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go straight out the back for Spark Worship. Good morning. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow it is to see all of you here on this beautiful morning. I was uh, talking to somebody before for the service, and I thought my thermometer was broken this morning. Right? As, uh, when I looked in it, and it said 66, I said, praise the Lord. And instead of having to have my air conditioner on 66, I can go outside, right? Praise the Lord for that. Got a uh, couple of rattlesnakes. We want to continue to keep our piano player in our prayers. Oh, Lord, we pray. That's what I've got for right now. What, what else, what other joys and concerns do we have to share with each other this morning? An old, old friend of our family. She's 94. She lives out in California. She had a heart attack yesterday, and they're not going to do any invasive things for her. And uh, I just, if she's got to go, I want her to be with God. (laughs) Okay. So we want to lift up your friend in California. Oh, Lord, we pray. Okay. So we want to lift up the chaplain over at Lackland for the loss of his wife. Oh, Lord, we pray. I'd just like to lift up the, the folks in Ukraine again. Okay, absolutely. Yep, we need to remember all our, all the folks in Ukraine, all the, all, all the people everywhere who are uh, being affected by war and violence. Oh, Lord, we pray. I'd like to lift up my uh, niece and her husband, they had a miscarriage after 16 weeks, so they lost their, the little baby girl. Prayers for them as they're trying to get over uh, the sadness of the, of the loss of uh, that little child. Okay. Oh, Lord, we pray. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. We thank you for all that you bless us with. But amidst our joys and our thanksgiving, we have concerns as well. Lord, we lift up all of those that we've named who need healing. Lord, we, we lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. We lift up those who will lose loved ones shortly. Lord, we lift up those who are discouraged. We lift up those who need 
basic necessities of life. Lord, I lift up all of those that are in any areas of violence or war in this world. And in that context, I, I ask that you would, that all the leaders of the world would seek and follow your will. Strengthen us that we might speak out against evil wherever we see it. Guide us to do the work that you have called us to do in this place as followers of your Son who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So our scripture, our scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 3. Consider the word of the Lord. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight to see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, 
the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sends us as you sent Moses to lead people from bondage. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. We got to do a little bit of background here on Moses, on why is Moses out in the desert being a shepherd? He's out there because he fled from Egypt after he killed somebody, right? He got angry, saw somebody being taken advantage of, and decided that he would remedy the situation. So he killed somebody, right? Don't ever act out of anger. Never. It's not a good thing to do. There's no, there's no reason for it. Moreover, anger is just, anger is just fear, right? When you analyze everything, and I believe this to be substantiated by what the Bible teaches us, we get a choice. God gave us free will, and we can either act out of love or we can act out of fear. There's really, there, there's really I, don't, I don't think, much of a gray area in that particular thing. All of our actions either come out of love or they come out of fear, and anger is just another form of fear, if you think about it. Some of you out there have a ring or maybe an earring or maybe even a watch or something else, who knows, that has a diamond in it, right? Or multiple diamonds. Well, 
if I stand at the right angle, yes, yes, if I stand right here, I can look through that window and there's a barbecue pit out there. And many of you probably have barbecue pits in your yards. Some of you may have them in your kitchen. I don't know. But often we put, we put charcoal in there, right, to make the fire. Charcoal is carbon, just like a diamond, right? So in the same way, certain substances can take on different forms. And that's the same sort of thing with anger and fear. Anger is just another form of fear. So is jealousy, resentment, a number of other things. And there are other things that are different forms of love. But we really can only act out of one or the other. So Moses acts out of anger and ends up running out into the desert. Now, I take the opportunity every time I can to try and tie other themes into the theme of the day, so to speak. And the theme of the day, and really the theme of our lives, is that God is with us. Just like God told Moses, I will be with you. But as we are reminded of that lesson and that that fact, actually, there are other things we see here. And in Moses' background... And in what we read today, I want you to also think in terms of humility, hospitality, and holiness, and holiness, okay? So Moses, I'll cut to the chase, the story goes, was raised. Moses was a Levite, right? Both of his parents were from the tribe of Levi, so he he was a Levite too, and that's appropriate for him to be in a priestly role as he was. But Moses was born at a time when Pharaoh's favorite pastime was killing baby, boy baby Hebrews, right? Their life expectancy was pretty short. In fact, you know, you remember the story, the midwives were told they were supposed, if it was a boy, they were supposed to kill it, right? Right then and there. If it was a girl, they could let it live. I'm still confused on that deal. I guess Pharaoh didn't really understand biology. But anyway, it seems to me the other way around would have been more efficient. But, but I don't know. What do I know? If you, you know, if you want to try and get rid of some people, right? But anyway, enough of that. I guess, it, it's, I guess it's just another indicator that maybe Pharaoh wasn't that sharp. So Moses' mother puts him in the river, Right? And none other than Pharaoh's daughter retrieves him, right? This is one of the best examples in all of Scripture, I think, of prevenient grace. God's grace that comes before us to prepare the way for what goes on in our lives. Moses was raised as Pharaoh's grandson. Think about that. I mean, really, if you, if, you, if you wrap your head around that, Moses was Pharaoh's adopted grandson. Who's in a better position to talk to Pharaoh when God gets ready to get the Israelites out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of slavery, out of oppression, than Pharaoh's grandson, right? Those of you who have grandchildren... 
You know, most you know if your grandchild came up and talked to you, you you can't very well look at them like they're just anybody else, right? He'd been around Moses as Moses was raised. But anyway, Moses commits murder, and Moses runs off into the wilderness. But he's not such a bad egg, right? He runs across these girl shepherds who are out there shepherding their sheep. And there are some bad shepherds there that are trying to keep them from watering their sheep and doing things. And Moses helps them out. The girls go home and tell their father, Jethro, what Moses has done. And what did, what did he say? He says, you bad girls, why didn't you invite the guy to supper, right? He's out there helping you out, and you all run off, you know? The least you could do is show him hospitality, have him over for some vittles, right? And they do, ultimately. They go back, they get Moses, they invite him in. And, of course, we know Moses ends up marrying one of them, which brings to mind another thing altogether. We get so hung up on who people are and everything. And it's also a theme we see in Scripture. But see, God is accepting of everybody. You see, Jethro and his daughters, Zipporah, whom Moses married, they weren't Hebrews, right? They were Midianites. And Moses, the leader of the Hebrews, marries a Midianite, Therefore, his children aren't pure blood, so to speak. Hebrews, just something to think about, just an aside on things when we talk about God's grace and when we talk about chosen people and when we talk about pride of pedigree and when we try to decide or divide ourselves up into different groups, just something to think about. So Moses, who is Pharaoh's grandson finds himself leading sheep around in the wilderness. Hmm. I think Moses needed to learn a little humility. And I think God arranged a situation where he could learn some humility. You know, John Wesley said that pride is the grand hindrance to all religion. Pride is the grand hindrance to all religion. Moses found his place there being a shepherd, and he says he took the flock to the far side of the wilderness, to the far side of the wilderness. And what did he find on the far side of the wilderness? God, right? He found God there because God is everywhere. God is everywhere. But notice, notice. Moses turned. He, if you want to use the Greek word, repented to see what was going on with that burning bush. You see, God is available for all of us all the time, but we have to take the effort to realize it, right? We have to take the effort to realize it. And often, we don't realize it because we are, we're realizing ourselves, right? I mean, that's our favorite pastime, you know. We want to do what we want to do, you know. That's the deal. 
But Moses was learning how to be a servant. He had his father-in-law's sheep. Son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, right? Mark 10, 45. But we go on, and God says to Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. I've seen their oppression, okay? God hears our cry. God hears our cry, right? If you want to, on your, on your cell phone, on your speed dial, you could put in Jonah 2-2. That's God's telephone number, right? Jonah 2-2. The Jonah Exchange 2-2. And Jonah 2-2 says what? It says, I cried out of my distress, right? And isn't that what most of us do? We cry out of our distress because 99.9% of the time, our problems are self-inflicted, right? Most of the time. I mean, we, I mean, there are probably, I'm, I'm just going to throw a wild guess out there. There are probably some of you sitting here right now concerned about what's going to happen tomorrow. And whatever you're concerned about may not even ever happen, right? It may not even ever happen, but you're distressed about it. Now, Jonah was distressed for a good reason. You know, he tried to run away from God. But he said, I cried out of my distress, and the Lord answered me, right? The Lord answered me, right? So God tells Moses, I've heard my people crying, and what? I'm going to go down there to them. I'm going to go down there to them and take them out of bondage get them out of the house of slavery, out of the house of bondage, out of Egypt. Most of the time when you read Egypt in the Bible, you could substitute the word bondage, house of bondage, slavery, oppression. You pick the term. It's sort of like the anger and fear deal, all right? On a metaphorical level, Egypt in the Bible generally always means bondage, and God releases God's people from that, from Egypt, to get them out of that. God says, I'm going to go down there. Now, John 3.13 says, no one has ascended to heaven except one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man, right? Jesus came down here to do the same thing for all of us, for all peoples, to release us from bondage, to release us from bondage, and calls us to lead other people out of bondage. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's what making disciples for Jesus is all about, is leading people out of bondage. Now, I think about this, and I think about what Jesus said in Luke 16. In Luke 16, Jesus tells us the the story about Lazarus. Not Lazarus, the sister, uh, the brother of Martha and Mary that he raised from the dead, but Lazarus, the poor guy, right? The beggar who sat at the gate of the rich man, right? And of course, the rich man dies and gets sent to hell. Lazarus dies and goes to Abraham's bosom. And the rich guy in hell 
realizes the error of his ways, and he's thirsty, and he says, would you send Lazarus to tell my brothers? And you remember what Jesus told him? Jesus said, you know what? If your brothers didn't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced even if somebody was raised from the dead, right? Even if somebody was raised from the dead. So Moses is sent to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, just like we're sent to lead the children of this generation out of bondage. That's what we're called to do. Because make no mistake, many, many people are in bondage to many, many things in this world, and they need to be released from it. And they get that release by having a relationship with the good shepherd, right? Not the shepherd Moses or not the shepherd David, but the good shepherd, the good shepherd who gave his life as a ransom for many. Moses said, you know, God, I don't think I'm up to this task. I don't think I've got it in me. And God said, what? I will be with you. I will be with you. And the same is true for all of us. God is with us if we will but take the steps, if we will turn as Moses did and obey God and lead people out of bondage. Moses went from living in a world with the way things the way they were to living in a world with the way things they ought to be because he realized God's presence and acted upon it. I'll close with Joshua 1.9. Joshua, who took over after Moses, right? God is speaking to Joshua, and he said, I command you. I think that's called the imperative, right, for the, for the English teachers in here. I command you, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. Amen? Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.